Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone. And today we're talking about the movie Interstellar, um, which neither of us had seen, right? This was our, both of First our... Viewing. Yeah, First viewing. Which, which, it came out in 2014. I remember seeing the ads for it. I was going to see it, and I ended up not seeing it. And I find in my late, not my later years, but the, at this time in my life, when I don't see something after a month or two, then my chance to see it is kind of passed. And then it's, and, and, uh, and so, but what, what the reason that I wanted to do it was number one, I wanted to do some science fiction movies, but number two, I, the soundtrack for this movie and the soundtrack for inception and a lot of other Hans Zimmerman movies are pretty popular and they'll pop up on YouTube and stuff. If you like soundtrack type music, and so no. I kept hearing Interstellar all the time, you know, just because it was popping up. And I was intrigued by sometimes people will put a uh, they'll put a movie soundtrack on YouTube and they'll show clips of the movie or something. And I saw just enough clips of it that I was like, I really kind of want to know what happened in that scene. So that's what hmm. what, what prompted me to want to watch it. And Adam agreed to do this. So and for those. Yeah. That, oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna, I'm not, just not really giving opinion, but yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of happy that the uh, back. I remember the trailer from back in the day, and it's like the trailer doesn't show you much, which is rare nowadays. I was like, oh, there's a whole lot more of this movie. So yeah, yeah. There, there, it, so so yeah. So just to tell people about the movie, it's a Christopher Nolan film, and it stars Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, and there are other people in it too. Like Michael Caine has a a role that is sort of like an. Uh, an old scientist and uh, John Lithgow mm -hmm. is in it too. Um, yeah. Which, you know, and so, um, and it's, it's, it's set in a dystopian future where there's this like dust bowl type situation, but it's apocalyptic. It's, it's going to kill humanity. It's not, it's not just a, you know, you know, thing that's going to pass after a number of years. And so, and, and also society has collapsed and, they're doing things like rewriting the textbooks to say that the moon landing was a hoax because they want people to focus on farming. They don't, they don't really want people to focus on, uh, you know, going into space, but the remnants of NASA remain. And the, the main character through somewhat mysterious circumstances finds NASA and in its current incarnation. And because he's a former, uh, pilot, he, he gets wrapped up in this mission to save humanity and goes through a wormhole with a crew to explore three potential worlds that, that, that they could, uh, uh, launch something. I think, what do they call it? Project B. Was that what it was called? Project, plan well, B? well, there's, there's all this project Lazarus, but they've got their plan A and their plan yeah. B for what they're going to do with project Lazarus. Yeah. And so plan B was, they had all of these, in, like inseminated eggs basically in a canister <laughs> that they were somehow gonna you know just grow humans yeah. well, techn well, technology is obviously advanced in this movie that they like they have they have uh robots that look almost like the obelisk from 2001 like they're like they're these tall yeah rectangular yeah. things that with the but the two sides kind of move like legs and, uh, you know, so they obviously... It kind of felt very Gumby-esque to me. It did look a little bit Gumby-like, uh, the way it was. <laughs> like metal Gumbies. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen that idea before of, uh, you know... Because the thing is, they have... 
you know, fast, a faster than light way to get somewhere in this. But I've seen the idea floated in science fiction before that if we don't have faster than light travel, we, we send these eggs in slower than light ships that take hundreds of years, and then the robots kind of grow all these humans on the planet so that, like, you kind of have this new human population that, that this is planted there, you know, rather than people from Earth actually going. But, uh... No. Before we get into our reactions to the movie, uh, mm -hmm. would you classify this as hard science fiction? Does this feel more on the hard end of the spectrum to you, or does it feel, where does it fit? It's it's weird because it's inconsistent. There's things about it that were definitely cool, kind of hard science fiction ideas, and there's things about it that's just like no, I don't know, I don't know. I, I yeah, I had a lot of issues during the first hour, to be honest, is where I had most of my issues. But I mean. I know it's kind of, I don't want to, this is really in the in the podcast. I don't want to get into talking about the ending, but uh, I I don't know. It's 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 I don't know. Medium well done, perhaps science fiction. Yeah, I put it at like the seventy five percent mark for high, for hard science fiction. Is about where I put it. Um, yeah, it's it it depends on like I and I actually looked up some of this because some of the stuff was like is that sciency or not? And uh, but when I looked it up, it turned out there was like a a scientist that was involved in yeah in writing it, it was clear and, it was yeah. clear there was some real research done in parts and I feel like I feel like if they threw out the the softer ideas and it just made it a hard science fiction movie I actually would have liked it's not like I'm opposed to soft science fiction but I feel like the muddle they had going weakened the movie which we can get into when we talk about the yeah ending too, we talk sure. about I'm not talking about my feelings but just to uh, you know, but, uh, get my feelings but but apparently the guy like he was involved not just as a consultant like I think he was like very linked to the the whole venture and he had a rule that they couldn't violate the laws of physics in the movie okay that was a rule um, which would extend to stuff like how black holes affect time and things like that. Yeah, so, that stuff is very yeah. cool. So there were areas where the writer was like, look, we really needed to do this rather than that. But the but the general pattern they followed is then the science advisor would go and find a way to to justify that scientifically. Um, hmm. So so if you go online and you look at reactions among scientists, this is like one of the most high-rated films apparently. For yeah. science, which I wouldn't have assumed after. I mean, I, I definitely thought it was in the harder end of science fiction, but there's a lot of stuff that I thought would have pissed off scientists. And when I yeah. looked at... Well, well, being, being one of the higher movies that impresses science is still a very, very low bar. So. No, it is, but the, <laughs> the, the, the my impression is this one seems to be like the one that they all point to now. Do you know what I mean? In uh -huh. terms like uh which I which it was kind of a surprise to me, um, but but anyways, what was your reaction to the movie? How'd you feel about the movie? It... Uh, I, I'm glad I watched it overall. It was interesting. There's enough cool stuff in it that it was worth my time. Um, and it's it you know I mean it's genuinely good in parts. I just feel the entire thing didn't quite hang together for me. And there's just. There's something about a lot of Jonathan Nolan's films that, I don't know, his worlds feel like strangely artificial to me a lot of the time. There's just this, I mean, you know, when, he, when he's dealing with anything on scale, it's, it's, I don't know, there's just, 
I find it to be an interesting director, and some of his stories are interesting, but it just... Was there anything in particular that made the world-building not work for you? Was it, like, something specific, or was it something harder to put your finger on? His worlds always feel really small. I mean, just the... You know, I just looking at the first hour, it's like, okay, well, you've got this world where there's a farm, and there's secret NASA, and nothing really fit together for me. It's like, okay, so you've got a government that's that's poisoning people against space travel, that's secretly running NASA and keeping NASA massively funded, and and, you don't and really everybody it. knows each other, and they show up at NASA, and it's like, you know, well, he show up, he doesn't know where he's going, but the place he shows up is NASA, and everybody knows that. I just, I don't know, everything felt very, very tiny. <laughs> okay. Well, I think one of the things that I did notice is it's all sort of done at the household level, and so you never get a, you, 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 I felt like our point of view was very connected to the main character and you yeah. never really got to see the world beyond that. And so you're kind of stuck with him in the fields with the corn stalks. Yeah, which by itself your, is yeah. fine. I just didn't get, I don't know. I mean, you know, and I mean, the thing is they're still doing industrialized farming. They're using tractors. They're doing all this stuff, but they need everybody to be a farmer. And it's like, well, if you've got, if you're still using machinery for your farming, you shouldn't need, and, and crops are dying at a rapid rate. What are all these farmers doing? I mean, it's, it's the, you know, I don't know. It just, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. I mean, the first hour, once again, the first hour is where I had the most problems okay. during this movie. I, at the end of the first hour, I was just like, I don't know. But then it, it got better after that, but. So yeah, so my, my my I actually really like this movie. Um, I understand oh. your your issues with it, but I I really enjoyed it. I liked it so much I couldn't sleep after I watched it. I watched it uh -huh. and I, I like I put it on at eleven. And and number one, I'm not a Christopher Nolan fan. I haven't seen Inception. I think the only Christopher Nolan movies I've seen are Memento, uh, which I saw ages ago when it first came out, and I saw yeah. the first two Batman movies. I never even bothered to see the third Batman movie. Um, okay. I, I liked I liked both of the Batman movies. The third, the, third, the third Batman movie would be a very big example of me saying his world building just doesn't quite work for me. But, well, uh, you know what it was? It's just like after the two of them, I was like, I don't know that I need to get another experience of this Batman. And like, you know, I, I think though I, I just had enough of it. You know, I wasn't I wasn't I didn't feel the need for a third film for whatever reason. I was satisfied yeah. with the Well, I mean, obviously, the, the Dark Knight Returns is a very acclaimed film, but it, it it is a long film, and I feel like yeah, after it was done, it's like okay, that's enough. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not knocking those movies. I'm just saying there was nothing about them that would make me say I got to go see this guy's other science fiction movies. But I was talking yeah. to my friend, my friend, you know, Steve. I was talking to Steve and. And I asked him, should I watch Interstellar? Because I was watching, listening to the soundtrack, and I'm kind of curious. And he was like, I think you'd like it because you like Isaac Asimov. And, and he doesn't like that kind of stuff. But he's like, you like Asimov type <laughs> stuff, so I think you might like it. And so I was like, okay. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, I, I like it better than Inception, I'll hmm. say, too. Inception, I, I don't know. Inception, I was, I, I, I was really bored with that by the end. But but I but all the stuff that you didn't like I kind of liked so I think we might have a very different reaction overall <laughs> to the movie. Um, yeah, and I, so, I was being very critical during the first, which film. is fine. If we got further into the movie, we might have a lot more in well, common. Well, and the and the thing that I didn't have as much of a problem with the early part because it was obviously based on the Dust Bowl, and I think they oh, even sure. I think they even used interviews of people who lived through the Dust Bowl, if I remember. 
Well, no, I think those were interviews where people, those were, those were like, inter- like interviews from the future. If you remember, those were the same video clips they used at the museum at the end of the movie. Oh, I know, yeah. but I think that the, I know that in the movie that's what they were supposed to be. Oh, but I oh think, I'm sorry, you're saying the actors were. I think that those were actually, I could be wrong, because it's been a long oh, time okay. since I've seen the Dust Bowl documentaries, but I'm pretty sure those were taken from a Dust Bowl documentary, and if they weren't, they were done in exactly the style. They were, yeah, yeah they were clearly um, modeled on the Dust Bowl. Um, I, you know, and I liked, there were a lot of things I liked. I liked the whole Dust Bowl kind of idea and the, and the crops dying on and that, that situation. I did like that situation. I just, that, that wasn't my problem with it. I just... The world just didn't know. feel real to you for some reason. What? It sounds like the world didn't feel real enough yeah. to you. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the early part, you know, them having the, the clues that lead him, the mysterious otherworldly clues that lead him to NASA and all of that, I thought, couldn't you, I mean, obviously it becomes important later in the movie, but uh, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, because I don't know how you can take that part out, with because that's sort of like where the movie... Well, that's back that, to that, yeah. We'll get we'll, like I said. I, we'll we'll table that for later. Okay. So I can't get into my my, my full comments so, until the until the end. So the 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 more exciting part of the movie is maybe when they get into space and he's part of this uh, this Lazarus project to uh, yeah. You know, oh, actually, before we move on, though, yeah, I will say to you, I did like the family building element of it. I mean, I like the conflict. Character of his son, the way he was presented, I felt like it was really good character building early on, like that that whole little yeah, that you know, was just establishing that. And John Lithgow was the grandfather, and so I I'm being really negative about the first hour, but there was a lot to like. I will say this: he was very good at sort of the character interaction with the family, like that, and the um, yeah. And I could tell he was good at it because I was getting angry when the dad would do certain things. I was like, you shouldn't be doing that. Like you know, she wants you to stay, type stuff. Like. You know that yeah. that that doesn't work if you don't buy into the characters involved. So, you know, I, yeah. I thought that worked for me. Um, but yeah, so but then he goes to he goes to NASA and you know he he that, which is where he meets um, the Michael Caine character and the Michael Caine character kind of spins a lie to get this project off the ground. Like he he tells them there's a plan A, but then we find out later in the movie there really isn't a plan A, that there's just plan B, right? And yeah. uh and so yeah. they go into space and it's it's very two thousand one, I feel, when they go into space. Like once they get into space Oh, there's, there's a lot of two thousand one influence in this, yeah. I mean they're they're and there's just so many direct references. Like everything from the way the docking is done. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the the, the way everything spins the um, and the fact that and I, we're kind of skipping over plot details here, but one of the things that stuck out to me was he wrote this movie felt like it was done with the intent of the he knows the audience is aware of stuff in two thousand one he knows that we're aware yeah. of Hal and so when you are introduced to those robots number one they plant the idea in your head that those things go haywire after a while because he says yeah. something like that. And then you're waiting the whole movie for that to happen, and it never does. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, it, it's kind of funny because I thought, oh, they're planting the seed. But I, I also thought, I bet it's never going to happen. Yeah, I bet it's a false seed they're planting. So that, you know, I, I, I was kind of a little bit like, yeah, I don't know how I felt about that. But, uh, what, the reason I like that is it may, because I had the same thought as you, they're probably not going to do it, but they yeah. could. And so you're like, 
the whole time you're nervous about the robot. Like anytime the robot is given responsibility to do something important, you're worried that it's going to... Because they ask the robot to sacrifice himself. And yeah. there's almost a tone in his voice when he agrees to it. And you're like, oh shit, he's going to like destroy them so that he doesn't have to sacrifice. You know, like, it, it, uh... So for those reasons, that worked for me. Um, yeah. But they go, they go into space and one of the, the, the big things that happens is that when they get through this wormhole, the worlds that they're sent to are near a black hole. What is it called? Gargantua? Was that the name yeah, of it? Yeah, I think Gargantua. Yeah. Um, and, and the black hole, it's kind of like that Doctor Who episode with the spacecraft with the time dilation effect. Where when they go to the planet, the longer they spend on the planet, the more time they lose. Like uh, decades yeah. can elapse. And yeah, so, yeah. So they go to this planet where there's, uh, I, if I understand the, the physics of this planet, I'm not sure I do. It was all shallow water. And with huge waves. With huge waves, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, that was the part of the movie that annoyed me a bit because they kind of, land you know they're like okay we got to do this fast blah 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 and then they get down there and there's no feeling that they like you know had a plan like they were knew exactly what they were going to do and it it felt like you know it felt like from orbit they should have like been like boom this thing's here we're going to come in we're going to do this we're going to grab the thing and i don't know it felt a little a little like oh well hey why don't you run out and grab the i I don't know it just felt it felt very improvised to me in a way that anyone who was like every second we lose on this planet is a huge amount of time you know it just i don't know yeah i i can sort of see that like there was there was no real discussion of what but then I guess they, they wouldn't have known what was going to be there when they landed. So they well, yeah, they, I'm not saying they should have known about the waves or anything, but they were even without the wave impact. Because that's the thing. They've already got the time threat that they're losing time by yeah. being there. And so, you know, then having, oh, there's a huge wave, so you need to hurry. It's like they already needed to I mean, hurry. I, 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 I like the wave, I have to say. Cause I thought, the wave was a cool effect. Yeah. Well, not just that. I... Because with with this kind of when you're dealing with this kind of science fiction, like I'll take the Martian. I like the Martian, but one thing that the Martian sometimes had a problem with is it just kind of goes on and nothing happens, right? Like there's this mm. danger of okay, they go to the planet and there's no real threat because they're just going to a planet. And it's all very sort of straightforward, and I like how the wave added. Number one, I like that it added an intensity to that to that scene. But yeah. also the fact that it was just coming from a wave. It wasn't like there was a monster underneath the thing. Yeah. You know, it was and just I, and a I wave. I assume probably the wave is, you know, because you've got this black hole, which yeah. is a huge gravity well, thing. It's probably just crazy, some crazy tidal thing from the, the black hole. Well, and, appara- and I looked up a Neil deGrasse Tyson explanation of that, because he had, apparently he's commented on this movie a lot on YouTube. Okay. So, was, <laughs> sure. so there, have been a, there are a bunch of other scientists who have, but, but he talks about that scene. He says that, the science of it is basically sound, but the wave would be more like a, it would have been more rounded. It wouldn't have been, yes. as, you know, so yes. like that. But, that too, yeah. But he know. said, otherwise the science of it was, was fairly reasonable. So, um, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed that scene, but what I also liked was the emotional impact of when they go back up and they've lost 20 years and oh, they're, yeah. getting, they're getting the messages from earth and his kids are adults. I thought it was weird. Okay, here's the one thing that I thought was weird. Casey Affleck is his son as an adult. So his son starts out with like a real rural, like, 
southern or midwestern type like he sounds like a country boy and then you've got casey affleck who no matter what accents he's doing there's always that boston accent in the, in there somewhere do you know what i mean yeah that, that's, that's the thing where your boston boston uh you know citizenship uh you know made you see something i just didn't even didn't even hit me but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i can see yeah, how that would uh <laughs> I would change it for you. And then, and then, of course, Matt Damon shows up. So it sort of, it still sort of works because somehow having an Affleck <laughs> and a Damon in a movie, you know, but, but, but yeah, so, but I thought that was really effective. I thought the, you know, the, the 20, the loss of 20 years, um, and that that yeah. continues to kind of be a threat throughout the movie is, is yeah, one of the things that I liked was, about it. That was, that was what, where, as far as you know, hard science fiction elements. That was a hard science fiction element of the movie that that worked really well for me. I really like that. And oh, and apparently the thing with the wormhole being a sphere is what they would actually. That's like the yeah that that was real too. They, they explained that well yeah. too. That was uh, that was another good. Point. Yeah, because they said what is a hole in three dimensions, and it was, you know that that instantly sort of clarifies what's going on there. Um, yeah, but. I don't know if they said what's a hole or what's a circle in Freedom. I can't remember, but whatever they did, it, it was effective. Um, so I don't know. Did you have any, up until this point, any other issues, any other thoughts before we get to? Ah, uh, no. I mean, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, this was, this was the part of the movie where I was really, really kind of invested in it. I, uh, I was really enjoying the movie at this point. Now, the next, so, so after this, they have to choose between two planets, right? Because they, they go there and it's just water. And the the reason that they have a problem when they get there is that they're, 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 they're supposed to go down. There have been astronauts sent to each of these planets. And they're supposed to recover the data and also get the astronaut. But, yeah, but the woman's ship crashed little, or something. So I was a little, little confused about why these initial astronauts were all just kind of left there if they were able to, if the, the ship they were on was able to come back. I, I don't know. I just wasn't quite clear on why they were all one-way trips. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. It seemed, it seemed a little overly convoluted a plan. We're going to send these people one way, they're going to have another one, and there's going to be signals. Well, then, I think they were all sent as scouts, and then this was the follow-up. Yeah, so, you know, oh, so, yeah, I know, but, uh, but I also, don't know. But maybe they had had more time to 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 plan the missions. I don't know. It could be. Know. It could be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, and there was a weird was, time I mean, thing. That's not necessarily a plot hole. I just was never quite clear on what the deal was. Yeah, some of that stuff I found a little bit confusing at first too. Um, the and so they 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 have to choose now between two other planets, and one of them, Anne Hathaway is in love with the astronaut that is on the other one of the planets. I think. What do we? Did they give his name? It was like Edmund or something. Was that the? Uh, that sounds right. Or is that the name of the planet? I don't know. One of the two. Maybe it was Edmund. Yeah, it was Edmund. Was the guy? I guess. Yeah, and so and so, her and Cooper, who's the main character, Matthew McConaughey plays Cooper, have this conversation about um, you know wh wh or you know which planet they should go to, and Cooper is skeptical of going to the Edmund planet because he knows she's in love with him. Um, yeah. And, but, and I guess the thing is, the... Well, there's a signal coming from the, uh, from the, the, uh, the, the, the non-Edmund planet, too, saying, that, hey, come here, this one is, uh, is a good planet. Yeah, so. and it's, like, really good, right? Like, the data's really good, 
And I guess yeah. her hesitancy was because it was closer to the black hole or something, if I remember. There was some... She had some yeah, reason I've for... Yeah, I've forgotten what her official yeah. hesitancy was. I, I think she said it was closer to the black hole, so she thought it was less likely to have uh, uh-huh. the ingredients. Yeah, um, that, that, yeah, I do recall her dialogue now, yeah. And so they go to that plant. Number one, the guy's named Man, which is really on the nose as this... Yeah. This is kind of like where a lot of the drama of the movie really happens they have a, they start intersplicing scenes between what's going on with him and what's going on on earth um yeah. and and a, and a whole range of things happen um so so number one this is the point where we find out that uh michael kane's character lied about plan a and yeah. they get there and man is in hibernation he comes out and he's you know he's like he starts weeping right away which to me was the red flag that something was up because they, because I, if I remember, they had said something about man being like the best of the best. Like he was supposed to be the top astronaut, right? Like wasn't he? There was something significant about him that they, uh, I think they had. I, I don't know. I might have missed that. I, I could, I could be misremembering. I don't want to. If you don't remember it, maybe I'm wrong. But I thought they had said something like that. They um, may have, yeah. But but the moment you see him crying like that, it just feels like something. Like nobody else has reactions like that in the. Do you know what I mean? It just seems. Like mm-hmm. maybe there's something this guy isn't is as hardy as the other astronauts or something's not quite right. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and but I mean it was perfectly understandable because he's been isolated on this planet for ages. But like, still, you know, uh, it, it, they really lingered on that scene, so it just kind of made me uneasy when I saw hmm. it. And and basically. Rather than the robot betraying the characters, man is the one who betrays the character. Which is why uh, it is on the nose, but it's one of the reasons why I like this movie. That it's it's kind of like rhyming a little bit with two thousand one and riffing with it. And so, uh, uh-huh. you know, like the. Uh, but anyways, this is the scene where man uh, basically tries to throw Cooper off of a cliff, and and a whole <laughs> everything just sort of tumbles out the window. Once, once, uh, once the shit hits the fan in this scene, yeah. Um, so, uh, w- w- what did you think of this portion of the movie? Uh, was there any, you know, we we can get into the details as we talk about our reactions to it. I think. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I like this section of the movie. I mean, you know, the things that 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 Matt does are are don't entirely make sense, but the character's pretty crazy, so it's not really, you can't really make it a fault. It's like, well, what was he doing? Like, if he killed Cooper, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know. He was gonna, he was gonna then go back and, and, and then what would he tell everyone else? And then where would, I don't know. It just didn't seem essential for him to kill Cooper because everyone would still know he was lying unless he killed everyone. I think he was planning on killing everyone. Because well, yeah, I say but that the only reason he pushed the button, which he confesses, is because he was alone and the people would come. And well, I guess he would go back to Earth. So yeah, I guess it would be fine. So yeah, I, I, I I'm just piecing it together. So never mind. Well, I, according I to, so his own words were he was doing it for survival, basically, right? Like he yeah. said, he got to that point where he realized he couldn't. He, he was basically more selfish than he that he thought he could be. Yeah, yeah, and. I'm guessing the reason that he killed them all was he didn't want people on Earth to find out that he had lied about that because yeah. it's it's not like a minor lie like they're said like this is the salvation of humanity and so he is 
He is well, redirected. I, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see how he could ever get out of the lie, though. I can see him being desperate, crazily going back to Earth. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's going to be the only reason they came to him with that ship is because he set off the signal. But by setting off the signal, he's saying, "Oh, this is a really prosperous one." So when he comes back, he has to tell people, "Yeah, this is the planet." Let's send people to that planet, and you know. It's, oh, it's, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. There's, there's ultimately, you know, it's it's just not a lie. It's you know, there's no there's no way out of the lie once he gets back there. Yeah, I guess hoping. it's hard to say without knowing what he was gonna do when he got to Earth. Oh, I know. It's, that's the I know. hard. And, like yeah. I said, and it's not a, it's not a movie. It's not a movie fault because he's not acting rationally, so it doesn't it doesn't have to fit together. It's just him him. You know, people people who dig themselves a hole with lies just can kind of keep keep digging and digging and digging. So it, it's fine. I I enjoyed this part of the movie, but there there were some areas where I had a few issues. It's the same mm-hmm. issues I had with The Martian, where when they when he went up into space, when they were sort of trying to both get back to the to the ship and they're trying to dock, a lot of that felt a little too actiony for me. I don't know how to explain it. It just felt. Like things were moving too fast. So, do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, it, 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 there was a change in tone. There, definitely. there was a little bit of like a car chasey type, like just sort of a a level of it. It wasn't like the scene in like two thousand one where he gets locked out of the ship and everything's moving slow. Do you know what I mean? I was hoping yeah. more for that kind of movement in the scene. Um, yeah, but the end result is. He goes back to the ship. What is is the ship called? The Endurance. Is that the name of the ship? Or is it? A, I, that sounds right to me. But I, oh, it's funny. I can't remember the name of the ship. But yeah, Endurance. I think it was the Endurance. Right. Um, so he goes back to dock the Endurance, and he doesn't know how to dock to the Endurance. I think there was some. No, no. What happened? Well, what happened was they had like an auto dock sequence, but the the uh, the, the robot disabled the oh. auto. On his ship because he didn't he didn't trust the guy and at some point you know it's you know because you know he basically it turns out the robot is the only one that figures out that guy is nuts because Cooper if you remember Cooper says to him you know and you know it's like you know he says yeah well, I changed I went ahead and changed the codes and it's like well what's your trust rating and he's like obviously lower than yours <laughs> okay yeah I remember that. which was a great that that was a great piece of dialogue in the movie but he basically causes the endurance to have like the 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 dock goes horribly awry and there's an explosion and portions of the endurance are blown away man is killed man is played by matt damon which i think was a good choice because he's he's one of these actors that is easy to hate it's kind of like he's kind of playing a similar type character to like the guy in the departed in a way do you know what i mean he's like that kind of guy like you just don't like him he, he worked. He worked very well. And I didn't know he was in the movie, so it was kind of a surprise. I was like, "Is that Matt Damon?" Yeah, I you know, because like reaction. when you first see him, he's kind of all puffy and crying and stuff. And I, I was like, I, I kind of had to do the. I was watching it on Amazon where you call up the little thing of who's in it, and I was like, "Is that Matt Damon?" Yeah, it is Matt Damon. Okay. Yeah. So I, I had this. I had the same reaction. And so, so then they end up because they have to. They get back to the endurance, and also, um, what's his name dies. The uh, one of the science. There. Two, they, they lose scientists as they go there. Two other scientists on the mission. Doyle is the first to die on the watery planet. And that's yeah. a direct result of um, uh, Anne Hathaway's character's actions. And yeah. then the what's the other scientist's name? Uh, oh, boy. I've, uh... Is it Romilly? Was that... That could be. I, I honestly just don't even remember. If it, I, I think it was. But, if, but then that character gets killed 
through something that Matt Damon's character sets up on the, uh, um, yeah, that's planet. right. He blows up his little, uh, little base. So, but, but Anne Hathaway and, uh, and, and, uh, Matthew McConaughey both get back to the endurance and in order to get to the other planet, they have to slingshot around the black hole, which is going to add like another 51 years or something onto onto the time dilation for them. So they're going to be way ahead of people back on Earth as a result. But they don't have yeah. any other choice. And so they do that, and it works. They have the, you know, sort of a, you know, they, they use like the two little ships to help sort of thrust and everything. Um, and then uh, Matthew McConaughey decides to just launch himself off into the black hole. Um, yeah, well, apparently it was his plan all along. He just didn't tell her because, yeah. you know, she would have objected. It's the, the classic thing. But, uh, well, and of course, the, you know, the, the robot sent the other ships. So, you know, they, they basically jettisoned both the, the two smaller ships. The, the robot piloting one and him piloting the other. Yeah, because he and the robot both end up going into the black hole, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. and then, and so she goes around, but then he goes in the black hole and then that's when the movie starts really doing a 2001 type thing with, it's different. It's not like, the, it's not exactly like the star child thing, but it's that same kind of development. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just, just, just to pause for a moment too. I, I have to say though, that if the issue was that the, they needed to jettison the weight of that other ship. And they've got such sophisticated AI, and these ships can auto-dock themselves. I mean, can't you just have this map? Does he need to pilot the ship into the black hole just because they're jettisoning it? Yeah, I don't I don't know. That part I was a little unclear on. I was also unclear on if that was exactly why he was doing it, or if he was doing it to make sure they got the black hole data. or Because they, they were going to have the robot go in to get the data, right? Because there's a subplot going on where... Uh, the daughter is still trying to make plan A feasible. And in order to do that, she needs to solve this equation, but she can't, she can't do it without information from inside the black hole. Right. Was that the, yeah. did I get that right? So, uh, so I don't know either way. I, I agree with you. It was, I was, I had the same thought. So I, uh, <laughs> they, they go into the black hole and it turns out the black hole is a tesseract, which is like a, some kind of weird thing that's been constructed. It's like, it's like a cube that's multi-dimensional and yeah. has access to like all different period. Like like you can you can you can physically access different points in time once you're inside of it. But you yeah. can. But it seems like you're only able to access points in time that are directly related to 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 your, your personal history and specifically to something that you have some sort of like emotional connection to right was that am i getting that right is that i think so yeah but it's just, i just want to jump back to the jettisoning thing too because they they did rip that ending off of people being on two ships and one having to project itself into a black hole to save the people on the other ship it's from one of the most famous classic science fiction novels of all times but i don't want to give away the ending so i won't say which one but that novel was before computers were commonplace and the idea that why didn't they just set the autopilot it was actually a plausible idea in that novel because you know there weren't autopilots in the novel but uh but yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest, and I was like, "That was that was totally lifted from one of my favorite novels." But uh, 
Uh, just uh, moving, moving on, on, moving on to the uh, the inside the black hole, the whole. So, uh, so it's very trippy, but this is where. So at the beginning of the movie, it's kind of like a signs type situation where they're getting. The girl thinks she has a ghost in her bedroom because the books are flying. Yeah, it was very signs like yeah. I felt. And, 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 and it's and it's and it's in Morse code, and there's also uh, like dust being dropped on the ground, and it turns out. Like they, they early on they figure out this is due to gravity anomalies and that gravity is being used to sort of cause these things to happen. And the implication at that time is that some sort of other being, probably whoever put the wormhole by Saturn, is responsible for sending these signals to them. And these signals are what lead him to NASA. And there's also a message in one of them that says stay. You know, there's all these things going on. And so it turns out that once he gets into this black hole, that he's the one sending these messages back in time yeah. to his daughter. Um, and so it, it's, uh, so obviously I want to know what you it's, think it's about it. It's a bootstrap it. paradox. Yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah. what, what did you think of it? I think that bootstrap paradoxes are the most boring time travel you can possibly do at this time. So for that to be the big reveal of the movie, I mean, it wouldn't have been that fantastic if the reveal had been, oh, it's the aliens sending, because you have a double bootstrap paradox, because the aliens set up this thing from the future. Well, the aliens are really apparently future humans, at least according to Cooper's hypothesizing, it's just guess. But you have future humans arranging this place from the future so that Cooper can send a message back from the future to that. And it's just like, well, everything happened because someone in the future sent something back to someone using their future knowledge. It's just like, mm, okay. I, I would, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it was a very emotionally affecting story. I like the stuff with the father daughter, you know, relationship and stuff. It, it worked on that level, but it was just like, Oh, that, you know, I, I just wish it had something better to reveal at the end. That's well, all. The part was, well, so I, I like this part. Um, part of the reason why I liked it because I like the the addition of the love theme on top of that, which is kind of what makes it work. Yeah, that, that, that aspect of it yeah. worked, but I just, I don't know. But also yeah. in terms of time, like, here's what I was thinking. They're, they're described, she's, Anne Hathaway basically says that whoever is, uh, you know, that the, 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 these are probably beings that are multidimensional and capable of traveling through time is like the same way that we travel on yeah. a planet or something. Like it's just another dimension for them. And so the implication of that is that time isn't really pinned to a linear course, right? That time is just this thing. I don't thing. know. I, I, I don't know that you can change. I mean, I, they kind of imply that you can't change the past though. No, but what I'm saying is maybe time doesn't have to move in one direction though, if it's a dimension. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I see what you're saying. And so yeah, yeah. these beings, the causality could go the other way. It doesn't have to go our the yeah. way that we're trying. Oh yeah, I realize. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought that that I thought that that all kind of worked. Um, I mean, obviously, time travel is going to break down the more you analyze it and think about it. But I thought it was I thought it was well done. And also, it's not something that you you don't normally see that kind of a thing in a movie this high budget. Do you know what I mean? It's. <laughs> It's I don't know, because bootstrap paradox is the thing you always see in mainstream 
time travel movies. I mean, Bill and Ted does lots of bootstrap. No, but not in this way. Doctor Who has done it a number of times, but, and it's. But Doctor Who's low budget. Doctor Who is a low budget movie. This is a big budget blockbustery type film, right? Like this yeah. is like this is like Armageddon type level blockbuster. But but also, I think this does it in a much different way than Bill and Ted. Like this is like. This is doing. This is obvious. This is really aiming for a much more two thousand one feel. Oh, it you know, is. I know. Um, I'm saying it's it's essentially the same thing as you know we're gonna steal the keys from it in the future and put the keys there. No, it, it is. It's the it's the same basic thing. But the, the the having him go into the black hole and having it be so surreal when he gets there um, really changes it. Do you know what I mean? It really makes it a yeah. different experience as a viewer. Yeah, um, I know. I'm. Uh, I'm I, and, I, and I'll confess, a recent movie it's, uh, that was based, and once again, I'm going to be kind of coy here because I don't want to ruin the ending of a movie. Well, just no, go ahead and ruin it because I want to know what you're talking about. So let's just give a spoiler okay. warning. Okay, spoiler warning for for, uh, for Arrival, which is based on a fantastic short story called The Story of Your Life, which is from the 90s, which was a really, uh, just a story I've really liked for years. They made it into a movie. And it's a good movie. For the most part, it's well directed. It's by the guy who's doing Dune. But the screenplay writer just added all this Hollywood nonsense to it. And the thing is, they add they add a bootstrap paradox to it. And the whole point of the movie is that time is this unchanging singular thing, and you can't change it. She uses a bootstrap paradox that's added, which is not part of the story, but just to give a that's the dramatic conclusion of the movie is they're doing this this thing which. No, you just you not only not only did you do a lazy time travel move, you also did one which is the you know which which totally negates the entire point of this story. So I'm I'm really anti bootstrap. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm so, I'm fine with bootstrap if it's done well. Right. Do you know what I mean it can be done very poorly? It can definitely be done very poorly. Um, yeah. When when it first when when the black hole scene first happened, I was a little annoyed. So I'm like, why is he not getting destroyed? Why is he not being ripped apart? And like, you know, it doesn't make sense. But then once it was explained that there was some kind of construct in there that was presumably meant to protect whoever fell in, yeah. uh, then that was a different story. Um, and I liked the visuals of that scene because that really remember in the in 2001 when he's taking Hal apart. It seemed like it was a direct callback to that. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I just really like that this, this move, and, and I'm, sh- and I know, I know, I saw one reviewer who said something like, you know, people are overplaying the 2001 references, but I don't see how you can ignore them because it was just so. Oh uh, no, it's totally threaded through the movie. Face. He wasn't, he wasn't even trying to be coy about it. It's like, yeah, this is his. I'm making my 2001. <laughs> but that, but that's the most beautiful. Well, it's one of the most beautiful scenes in 2001. The scene when he's accessing Hal's yeah. memory banks, and yeah. this had that same kind of beauty to it, but it's done in a totally different way. Um, but the, but the bookshelf on his end really looks like that, that Hal bank to me. So I, I. I know I loved how I was, you know, how you were seeing all these things in this movie. Um, but it doesn't end there. So, you know, uh, uh, unless you have any other thoughts on this scene, um, should we go on to the next one or? Uh, no, I mean, it, well, let, me, let me just collect my thoughts a moment here. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, well, it's, it's another weird thing. I mean, this goes back to the scene earlier where, uh, 
where Anne Hathaway's character is going on about how love is the only, like, emotion that go... I don't know what it was. It was just... It just what, what was she talking about? I didn't even she make any sense She was saying that love is something that is, like, a force that is... I think she was trying to say... Because she was being drawn to Edmund's planet through love. I know, but she, she, she was acting like, like it was a real scientific thing, thing. and I'm like, well, she's saying, well, because I can oh. love him and he's not here, it, go, it cuts across. And like, what? She no. was saying it's like gravity, and maybe we should be paying attention to it the same way we're paying attention to, like, the data on his planet. Do you know what I mean? Like that? Yeah, I think that was which, her argument. Now, which doesn't, doesn't, well, not, not that I'm anti-love or anything, but that's not a good argument to me. I think, well, I, mean, I think, that, here, here's what I think was going on. I think it was somewhat crudely using that moment to express a bigger theme in the movie. I know, which, which, I, which know. I think that's, that's, that's kind of what yeah. bugs me when you get to it at the end, you're like, oh, okay, so, because that was... That was during the second hour of the movie. That was the one point where I'm like, no, that didn't quite hang together. I like I, the idea of her trying to manip, you know manipulate everyone to go to where her lover is. It's like that's dramatically interesting. But the idea of then saying, well, no, there's you know love love is a is a power and energy, and then yeah, you know, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then having that be the central think, thing at the end, I was like, eh. I think where it, it fell. F- I felt flat, I think, in that because when I saw that scene too, I was kind of like, "Well, that seems like a really bad argument to go to the planet." Um, but yeah. when he gets inside the tesseract, that's when what she's saying actually feels like it applies quite a bit better. Where it's like his love for his daughter is this force that propelled him into the black hole, and it's. I was almost well, once again though in, in a different kind of movie, I'd be okay with it. But if we go to so much trouble to be this hard science fiction movie and then have it go in love is the ultimate power that can fix everything. It's I, just I, like, I don't think he was saying that. I think he was saying love is something that transcends whatever's going on inside of our brain with it. It's something that we're. It's. It, it was an intriguing idea, and there were uh-huh. parts of the movie where I thought it was int- interesting. Yeah, I almost looked at it. Remember the luck of Tila Brown from the Ringworld books, where mm. he tries to quantify luck. Basically, he tries to explain. I vaguely luck- recall. It's been a long time it since were, I read those. It, I, 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 yeah, but it's it's it reminds me a lot of the luck of Tila Brown, where you sort of try to hard science fictionize something yeah. like luck. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. And I think it worked inside the test, or it worked when you're when you actually think because there's a scene where Michael Caine is saying. We have to think beyond ourselves. We have to think more of ourselves as a species. Yeah, which is, in, which is a good idea. No, no, but here's I mean, the thing it's... about that. He's he's acting as if he's he's gotten, he's transcended that, but in actuality what he's done is he's, the person that he sent out into space to colonize is his daughter. So yeah. he it's 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 really the love, I, I feel like it's really his love for his daughter that is pushing him to save humanity rather than a, love for humanity do you know what i mean like there's a uh that oh that, yeah well, that, no i'll agree with that yeah i mean definitely he's putting his daughter in a position where she could be one of the people that actually does get off the planet so 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 even though he's telling her we have to you know look beyond we have to you know essentially be uh you know more objective and and think about it in terms of species survival he's still really you know, operating at a level where he's thinking of his his own daughter, and he's he's you know, so so I think that um, I don't know, I I I feel like the love theme is one where 
I would need to see the movie more to mm-hmm. really know. Because it's one of those themes where you kind of have to go back and probably look at earlier parts of the movie and 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 to really dissect what he's trying to say. Yeah. Um, I thought it was intriguing. Uh, I thought in the, the scene with Anne Hathaway where she first brings it up there is is where it really didn't work the most. But just later in the movie, it seemed to... Well, that's that's, that's why it's a problem, though, because, like I said, because that scene didn't work mm-hmm. and sounded really hokey, it made it harder for me to buy. You know, like yeah. I said, obviously their idea was to lay the foundation for the ending of the movie with that, but because it didn't work, it did the opposite. It made me, when the ending came up, even though even though I was moved by, oh, you know, he's, he's so close to his daughter and everything, and it was it was moving. I mean, but at the same time, that was that was interfering with my enjoyment. No, I, that and scene. that's one of the more criticized parts of the film, as I understand it. So it's okay. not like you're alone in, yeah. in saying that. A lot of people have have a a, a similar reaction to it. Um, so. So I think it's definitely, it's one of these things where, you know, I'm still sort of trying to decide how I feel about it. Um, But I will agree with you in that scene. It, it was hokey. It was also um, because it doesn't really make sense. It sort of seems like a stupid thing for a character with who's on an important mission like that to really succumb to in that moment. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, you you like that's, that's a thought that you might have, after you land when you're drinking or smoking pot together to unwind, right? Like, Hey, maybe love is this force that we should pay more attention, but you don't think of it at the, you know, at the height of a mission when you're supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? There, there was something odd about it. Um, yeah, especially for her character. I think if her character had been, presented in a different light if she had had that i don't side. think her character was that well presented to be honest no she wasn't in the movie that would that is a flaw in the movie is that she i mean not it's nothing against dan hathaway's performance she does the best she can with what she's got but yeah compared to murphy or cooper or you know those or you know it's like they were like actual characters but yeah she was even you know, dr romilly is more fleshed out than her character yeah, I you know, know, which um, is weird. Uh, no i agree with you i think on the one hand sometimes it, it's not a bad thing to have neutral not every character has to be fleshed out right but no, no. this is a scene where it because we only had the limited information we had about her I just assumed she was a very straight-laced, serious person because that's always exactly. Really and so yes, they, they kind of set her up that way. So having her spout that is just yeah. like it's it's this. It doesn't seem like something she would say. Yeah. Like if she had had like I don't know some kind of weird philosophy book on her shelf or something to indicate you know she had like some kind of healing crystal, you know something that gave us an indication. Well, that, they, that, and they could have done that because yeah. because she's on the mission because she's the daughter of. You know, the, the professor. professor. And it's like, so they could have made her, you know, almost, you know, she's kind of this weirder, you know, unconventional character, but they didn't do that. Or another way to do it would have been to introduce that idea in a conversation earlier. So she's not just bringing it up out of the blue. Yeah. Because I think, I think the fact that she just brings it up out of the blue and it kind of, it kind of T-bones you. You're sort of like, wait, what, what, what? what? Did she say love? Like, so it, it, it and, and maybe they were going for that. Maybe they wanted you to kind of do a double take and say, did I hear her correctly? But uh, I think if they had, if they had paved the way for that conversation earlier, like if there was a debate and maybe there was a scene that I'm forgetting about, but if it was just more clear that, that 
that there was a seed planted that led her to this thought. Do you know what I mean? Then I yeah. think it wouldn't have been so crazy. But because it's just random, it's like, well, I'm not going to take that seriously. And then, yeah. and then I think to your point, it sort of hurts the overall theme because then very soon after you realize, oh, this is actually a central theme of the movie. And yeah. that was not a good launching point for the theme. <laughs> for yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, overall, you know, I mean, it is, I, I, I'm glad I watched it. I, I you know, I have my, I've been criticizing it a lot, but I, uh, I didn't, I didn't feel like I wasted my three hours in watching it. it there, were, there was enough good, good, satisfying stuff in there. Well, and I mean, we have to be critical of things, when we're, even things we like. Like, it's not a problem. You know, there, you can be overly yeah. critical, but, like, I think you're raising reasonable points. You're also raising points I've seen other people bring up when I've looked up. Because like, okay. yeah, when I was looking up I, science I, stuff, I bumped into some other reviews, and I've seen some of these points come up. So it's not like you're just raving against the film. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of was, I don't know what was going on with me in 2014, but I, I, did, I didn't even read any reviews of this, so I, uh, I, I have no idea what the uh, critical consensus was. So I, I think you, I can tell you through, you know, Wikipedia and all that now. Um, oh, yeah, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Um, it's got a 72% uh, approval rating among critics, I believe. So I mean, it's that's decent. It's not like eighty, but or ninety, yeah. but it's decent. Um, See, I I, I I just have to get off my chest. I hate the whole percentage system because it's like some of the best movies ever have half the critics in the world hate it and half the critics in the world love it. You know, and it's like a fifty percent rating the critics to me is like that sounds like a really interesting movie. Whereas you know, often a hundred percent movie is like everyone's like. Yeah, it was fine. It was okay. Oh, I'm going to watch the 100% movie because that's got to be great. Well, also, the internet doesn't help because now a lot of people write reviews as clickbait. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so they write the review knowing what's going to get the hits. And sometimes I think that skews what they say. They might, I don't, I think if they were writing for a newspaper back in the day, they might not have, have the same opinions of movies that they that's do true. in the internet age. Um, so, so yeah, I, I agree with you about that. Um, but, but so anyways, the, then there's this next sequence in the film where he miraculously survives. He gets, it looks like he gets launched out of the black hole. He just kind of gets through Like the black hole is, is it maybe linked to the wormhole? Is that what the implication is? I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what happened. I mean, it would make sense, right? That the black so hole is no somehow part. connect. It would make sense that the wormhole is linked to this black hole, right? Cause yeah, they're it, both, they're both. Uh, going outside of uh, three-dimensional space, so I guess it, it does make sense. Uh, but anyways, he's floating, next scene, he's floating near Saturn, he gets picked up, and he awakens on a space station, and he finds out, he, he would, ne you know, it's like, he ages in the future, his daughter is like in her 90s or in her early 100s, we're not quite sure. Yeah, um, old. She's old, but she's also helped found, like, these space stations and help get humanity into space. Um, and so he meets his daughter very briefly as she's dying, I think. And, 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 and the space station he's on is, is almost ring worldy, right? It's kind of got that, like, he looks outside and he sees the horizon. Well, I think it's, it's more kind of a Babylon 5 kind of cylinder than a ring world. Is it? Okay. Okay. But it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's that sort of thing where the horizon is it's the, the curve yeah. of, yeah. Um, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. 
But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, I don't know. And then his daughter says that she basically is happy to see him, but she's like, I don't need you here. Like, I've got my family. Um, and you should go and be with uh, Anne Hathaway's character. Yeah, well, in the way she works, it really, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want him to see her die, basically. It's kind of more, 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 more than, a, you know, I don't need you here. Well, and, and here's the thing. Christopher Nolan is, is British, right? Yeah. I think that was a scene. I think the way the family stuff was held, was handled, was done in a very British way. And I found myself bristling in a few key moments. And this was one of them. Where, okay. Where... He sees his daughter, and she says, "I don't need you." You know, like it, it sort of felt like a stiff upper lip. Well, like, no, no, you're, 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 I mean, you're you're you're, you're jumping, jumping past the whole conversation they have and jumping to the end because that's how she closes it. Is that? Because I mean, they do talk how she knew she knew he'd come back because her father promised her he would, and all of that. So there, it's not like it goes straight to. Island. Oh no, no, I know that. But what I mean is, you know, you you you. He, he the whole movie he's is is kind of about how he feels about being away from his daughter right like he almost doesn't even care about the son right like he really he seems like he mainly just cares about the daughter and he finally sees her and they have like a three minute conversation and then he goes and takes off to be with Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. and it just feels very like I understand like it works like in terms of the movie flow it works and everything like that but emotionally it felt very cold to me. To it, well, no one films are all pretty cold, okay. but I, I don't know. I've been, been it, I don't know. I, I felt more like it was. I mean, I agree with you. They're, they're like, you know, whatever. But uh, the, the ending of that scene is not great. But it's more, it's more like the movie. It's like, okay, we're not going to dwell on her dying. We need to get to the happy ending that she's going to go meet up with Anne Hathaway, whose lover has conveniently died. Yeah, it was, it was, it, I just. I was commenting on that with a friend of mine recently. We were watching another movie, and it's like we just knew this one one character was going to die because that would free up the other two characters being able to end up together. It's like, yeah, he had to be dead on the planet so that she would be available. <laughs> yeah, well, that, so so here's a, th- so a, a couple of thoughts about that. Number one, it, it I guess it makes sense that he died because she's also experienced that 51 time. Fifty-one years. Yeah, you're right. He would definitely be dead. So he would have, at the very least, it would have been an awkward relationship because they lost twenty years, then fifty. So he would have been like, in his nineties when she got there, at at the best, probably in in one hundred and ten or something. Um, So, so that that actually, that's another point. It's like on Anne Hathaway's character being undercooked. I mean the. The whole, it, you know, we get the one scene where we find, you know, where they talk about, oh, her lover's there, she wants to go to that planet, but there's not a lot anywhere else later, beyond that point in the movie, where you get the sense where the time, that they, anytime she brings it up, she brings it up in reference to him needing to get back to his kids, yeah. not her wanting to get to her her lover before yeah. he dies of old age. Well, well I guess so, also, do we know that they were actually lovers? Maybe she was just in love with him and it was a one-sided... I was thinking about this. Like, do we, that's do possible. They, so, if it were that situation, then it might... Some of the stuff might make more sense. But we never get well, any clarity. I don't know. I mean, I mean, whether they were lovers or she's in love with him from an emotional sense. I mean, if you're in love with someone and you, you're trying to get to them, it's not like, well... You know, we don't have a relationship. I may be emotionally like pining for them, but I can set that aside. Yeah, you know, no, that's, that's true. 
But I, I do think it would make her a more interesting character if it's a one-sided, she's in love with him. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. No, no that, that would be interesting, but it, uh, like I said, but it wouldn't change her motivations. You know, her motivation still would be she wants yeah. to get to this guy and get him to love her. And so, but, uh, so at first, when, when all those scenes unfolded, I was annoyed because I was like, that time, like the time stuff didn't seem to make sense. But then when I thought back on it, I was like, oh, no, that time stuff, I think it does make sense. Um, uh-huh. You know, him surviving the way he did might not. I don't, you know, that seems a little bit dodgy. Uh, but, you know, we don't uh, get any details yeah. on it. I mean, like I said, he just wakes up in the hospital and... And, mm-hmm. and they did say that he was like three minutes away from losing all of his oxygen or something. I figured there was some mention by the... The physician or, or whoever it was that he woke up to that he had like he only had like minutes to live before they recovered him um, yeah 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 that's true that's true but uh yeah i don't know i don't know but uh but yeah it's it's, it's a flawed movie definitely but uh, it's ambitious i mean as i as i repeatedly say i'd rather watch a a flawed ambitious movie than a perfectly well done just you know average blockbuster but i'll say this 2001 was flawed too 2001 has a lot of flaws that i mean not and i'm not saying like it's not a masterpiece or anything i'm just saying there are things that people criticize about it or things people don't like about it or you know there 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 are portions of it that people maybe get bored during or whatever and and so i i i feel like to me this this movie i thought was surprisingly good it was um yeah uh, i liked it better than i expected because i remember getting a really tepid response a part of me and i like i said i liked this better than inception inception i found pretty disappointing i felt like ultimately it just you know there were it was clever but not clever in a way that that moved me in any way whatsoever whereas this had much more emotion than inception and that and, 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 it, and it was and like I said, there, there is a lot of actual good science in this movie amongst things that, that didn't quite hang together. I mean, to go backwards in the movie, I I have to say the whole thing with the blight where where uh, Michael Caine's explaining that, you know, we breathe oxygen and these things breathe, but, but this, the, the blight, you know, breathes nitrogen, which we can't even breathe. So soon there won't be any oxygen left. And I'm like, wait, what? No, I think he what? said the. I think he said the blight produces nitrogen, and so. Oh, I, I think, okay. I, think, I thought he said it breathes. No, oxygen. no, I said. I, so I was. I, I, I could, was really. So really, so. Well, I don't, I don't even know if producing nitrogen would get rid of oxygen, though. I mean, it's no. I think element. the. I think what he was saying is the composition of the atmosphere was going to change. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. I, I will forgive so, that. So that I, just. That, that was early enough in the movie that the movie hadn't established its hard science fiction credentials. So I was like, what, what is this? I, mean, I could be wrong because I was watching this like post-midnight. I watched it from 11 until whatever. Yeah, I, um, I could but, be wrong too. But yeah. I will say this. I sat down to watch this movie. I sat down at 11 and my plan was kind of similar to yours. I was like, I'm going to watch like 45 minutes just to cut that off. I wanted to shave off the 45 minutes the night before and then watch it the <laughs> next day because I figured two hours is easy to handle. But but when we do these podcasts, you know how hard it can be to fit in like a three-hour movie right before yes. you do the podcast. I, so, uh, yeah. so, so I was like, I want to get that 45 off of that. But once I started watching it, I couldn't stop. And I, I like to go to bed around 11. So like that for me is unusual. And and I watched it the whole way through. I was I was like, oh, I mean, I'm just going to keep watching this. It'll go another 20 minutes. No, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. 
and uh, and and then I couldn't sleep after I watched it. I had so many thoughts and questions and all these things. So so I really enjoyed it. Um, and and I thought I, I was you know my only reason for wanting to see it was the soundtrack, uh, which we should probably talk a little bit about because you had mentioned the emotional quality of this film, and I feel like a lot of it. Number one, there are some good performances. I don't, I, I don't like Matthew McConaughey that much personally. Like, I had a conversation with my dad about it before I saw the movie. I'm like, hey, dad, I'm going to see that movie Inception. Have you seen it? And he's like, yeah, it was pretty good. And he's like, I don't really care for Matthew McConaughey, but in this movie, for some reason... Wait, Inception? Was he I mean, I'm Inception? sorry, Interstellar, Interstellar. I mean, okay, I was going to say, yeah. I don't remember that. No, I... Interstellar. Uh, and, and he said, you know, I don't, I don't really care for Matthew McConaughey, but in this movie, he didn't really bother me. And, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I thought that number one, I thought he was well cast for this film because he's, you're supposed to believe that he's a farmer and you're supposed to believe that he's capable of piloting a spacecraft at a complex level. And, and, yeah. and, and he was in that movie, um, contact. And even though he didn't play a scientific character, him being in that movie helped me buy him in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but his performance when he's inside the Tesseract, I thought was very moving. I thought he did it uh, all the time. Oh, stuff. yeah. McConaughey uh, was great in this. Yeah. Yeah, I remember years ago, like 10 years, I, I had a conversation with Matthew McConaughey, about Matthew McConaughey with my father, too, many years ago, which was like, I was just like, I was just like, he was like, yeah, he's like, my father was like, that guy's really good. And I said, he's a jerk. And I said, and I, and he said, yeah. But he's fantastic at playing a jerk, and I was like, "Oh, you're right." You know, he's you're right. right. Yeah, because I was thinking about what I was thinking <laughs> about. That's I've always liked him and stuff. I'm like, "Yeah, he's he's actually really good." I, I liked him in that movie, um, Tropic Thunder. He played like some agent or something, and he he really added a lot to the film with that character. Um, I think a lot of my issues with Matthew McConaughey are my own bias and my own just personal dislikes of things that he does. But when I was watching this, I was like, he's a good actor. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, he's a very good actor. Yeah, so, um, and I know he gets a lot of shit from people. So I was kind of like, this movie helped really change my opinion of him as a, yeah. uh, you know, just as a performer. Um, but, but the emotion stuff, I think, between the performances, between something about the kind of music that this movie has, and when it's in space, it just, it's like a combination. You get the dramatic element with the humans, but you also get this awe-inspiring element that's kind of religious and yeah you know yeah yeah no uh the soundtrack was very good it, it totally worked i'm uh i had zimmer is one of those people where i don't always want to like listen to his music like just listen to it but it, it's really good soundtrack music yeah well because his music how do you put it i've i've i i actually i i I always when I usually when I hear Hans Zimmer's uh, stuff, it sounds a little too simplistic to me. When I first, it doesn't sound like a normal. Yeah, but it's, it's when it's running in. Yeah. yeah, when it's running in the background of a movie, though, it, it's it's doing it's doing exactly what it needs to do without being overpowering. No, that's and I think that's it. And also, I I was listening to this and I was listening to the Inceptions uh, soundtrack before I saw this. And I yeah. I took the time to to look up the music for the Inception thing because I was like, that's really simple. I was like, that seems like <laughs> Philip Glass level, like you know, very basic. 
Um, yeah. But then when I looked at the actual chords and I was playing them on the guitar, I was like, this oh. is simple music, but it's actually very inspired music. It's not like it would be easy to criticize it for not being complex enough, at least from the portion of the soundtrack I was looking at. I'm sure maybe there's like other areas of it where it gets more complicated, but the yeah. like, main theme was fairly straightforward. But their chords, like the, the, their note, they're a combination of notes that I would never think to put together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The way that he yeah. puts them together. So I, I kind of came away from that a little more impressed with it. Um, and, and also just the overall impact that it has, it works for the movie and all this stuff. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I, I quite like the movie. It sounds like you had a, you had a few more issues than I did with the movie. Um, it's, and, and, uh, you know, it's always easier to like voice your criticisms during a movie too. So I've, I've harped a lot on the things that bugged me at points, but most of this movie, I was enjoying it. So that's... That's something. One thing I did like about it is it sort of briefly delved into 1984 territory with the textbook changing, but it yeah. didn't become anything. I thought that was going to become like an overarching well, thing. That and, was, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier on, it kind of it kind of bugged me that it's like, okay, well, the government's putting out all this anti-space travel propaganda and running this big, giant anti. Or a big giant space program secretly at the same time. It's like, what is, what is going on here? I well, I think know. what it was is they 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 obviously know that they're in a bad situation, and so they want to invest in a last ditch effort, but they don't yeah. want the general population preoccupied oh, with that. Yeah, I, I would say, but keep, keeping it secret was fine, but keeping it secret and also spreading the propaganda. Because like, I get it, like if they just said okay, you know, people are really against a space program and spending resources on it, so we're doing it in secret. But then simultaneously, you know, trying to poison people against the idea. Oh, I, okay, so here, yeah. here's, here's where I think that's interesting, is the Murphy character sort of explains, like, she's somebody who obviously is born to become, like, a scientist or a doctor or something that's yeah. not a farmer, right? And yeah. and I think just the fact, they, they, they don't want people like that. They want everybody to conform and be a farmer because they need as many people, whatever this blight thing is, it's requiring them to just put as much resources which, and energy into farming as they possibly can. So I think, yeah, which I said was something that didn't quite gel yeah. for me, but you um, know, but what, I, but, but my point was actually that what I liked about the, the propaganda thing, was that it didn't become this big over like they they do it yeah. but it's not like they're they're not so concerned with it that you're going to get like thrown into prison and shot because you, you know they just they just generally want to sort of push that as a as, as sort of the official stance of the government and they want the textbooks to reflect it but they're not taking you know they're not doing stuff like you know taking extreme measures to expunge people who as far as we know, maybe, you know, maybe there's stuff going <laughs> yeah. on. But I just thought that, that it was kind of like a, a light 1984. Uh, you know, it was, yeah. it, you know, it, it, it was, it was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't hugely oppressive in the way it is in 1984. It was, it was, it was more insidious because people were just buying into it. And, and you sort of saw that with the son character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Though, though at the same yeah. time, I was a little bit uncomfortable with some of that stuff actually, because it seemed a little bit, elitist to me to sort of like I, I get like 
it made sense. Like on the one hand, it makes sense because we've kind of moved to a place culturally where like NASA was not getting the funding that it, it, it maybe should be getting. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, it, and, and, and so I understand sort of the point that he's trying to make, but it's all kind of done at the expense of the farmer characters. Do you know what I mean? Where, where, we're sort of like, yeah. The, do you know what I'm saying? Like there's like a, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I kind of felt that way too, but, uh, cause it, it was, yeah, I mean, cause yeah, basically they, they make the farm. It, it's fine, you know. It, it's it's enough to say, you know, the people that make the farmer characters not interested in space travel. That's enough. But to add the whole plot line, which we didn't get into, of they're not treating their kids' illnesses, it was like, okay, well now you're yeah, yeah, you, you're you're going too far with it now. And, you're just turning them into villains now, and, and that you didn't you didn't need to do that. And and Casey Affleck is the father, and in that situation and he's got the beard and he's kind of got the crazed angry look going on throughout all those scenes so you just you're you're clearly supposed to read him as that sort of type of person sort of be a bad guy at that point now they they u-turn it by the when it you know you think what's going to happen is that he's going to go ape shit and he's going to like kill the uh the guy from what was it the, that seventy show? show? Yeah, Topher Grace. Topher Grace. I remember his name. I was so surprised to see him in this movie. That was I was I like, Topher Grace is in this, like, and he's playing this character. Um, but 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 you think he's gonna like murder Topher Grace and maybe even kill kill Murphy? Yeah, you know what I mean? No, he really uh, did lean that way a little bit. But but yeah. it was a fake out because she comes out and she shows him. You know, no dad cared about us the whole time, and then it kind of deflates the tension of whatever was building um yeah it's that once again that yeah i mean that 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 resolution of the tension didn't really land properly either that was another scene like i said i i i don't know i i i felt like i felt like they didn't do the relationship between the two siblings very well in this movie i i bet yeah well here's here's i i agree with you in that i think what they were going for is they were trying to build him up. They were trying to make you think that they were trying to make a statement about the farmers, number one. And they were putting the, they were sort of putting that villain layer on him, but it was only temporary. And the effect that that had is all the temporary stuff doesn't really make sense for his character because up until that point, he he's, I mean, he's a simple guy, but he's not like a bad guy and he doesn't seem to have hatred for his sister or anything, you know? And so it just doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't really make sense. So I, I, I think, I think that the, uh, like some of the stuff that is going on with the relationship between the brother and the sister makes sense in that they're taking different paths and there's kind of a fox and the hound type of situation emerging. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, I just feel it could have been handled. Like I said, yeah. them, them going in different directions is fine. That, that would work. But I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like for setting that plot line up, they just didn't, invest enough in it to make it really work and that that final scene where she comes out it's like i've got the answer i just i wasn't feeling anything during that scene and i I feel like that should have been a big moment okay okay i mean i was relieved that he didn't kill her but like i was i was relieved he didn't kill her but i you know honestly i didn't think he was going to kill her because that would have been I, don't, I just didn't see like the kind of movie where he was going to kill her, and it's like, oh, and then it's lost. And I, I don't know. It just didn't didn't seem like it was building towards yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But but, kill, it was, but, but also they were trying to they were trying to parallel because those those scenes were being intercut with like all the stuff that was going on on the planet with man. So I think yeah. 
I think that was supposed to kind of be a reflection of the conflict between Cooper and Mann. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. but you know, it, but like you said, it's ambitious. So like it, it some of yeah, it doesn't, it didn't, it didn't succeed in everything it tried to do, but you know, <laughs> but, uh, but overall I was, it was, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I had, yeah. I had very little desire to see it. Actually. I kind of had to muster up the energy because same here, yeah. same here. Um, I, I didn't put it on until like late last night and I, I kind of kept, I could have watched it like hours earlier. I kept coming up with other things to do. And then I'm like, Oh, that's actually not bad. And that's the thing. You never know what's going to, like when there's a movie like this that you're going to watch, you sort of, you never quite know, am I going to be into this? Am I going to be bored to tears? And then there's the added weight of, well, we agreed to do a podcast on it. So we're going to both have to sit through it either way. And it's almost yeah, three hours. For three hours. So, yeah. so I was, I was happy that I liked it as much as I did. Um, it made me want to go see Inception because I haven't seen that either. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, now that, now that you're telling me it's not as good, maybe I'll, you know. You know, it's not terrible. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people like it, but I, I don't know. I, uh, well, you, you know what it is? Like, I'm at a point where I feel like culturally we all feel compelled to always go out and see the same things and watch everything. when it kind of, And I don't like doing that anymore. I like to really pick and choose what I watch. Um, yeah. And, and, and a lot of times that means watching a movie like this eight years after, not eight, six years after it came out, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm usually way behind the curve on a lot of these things. But, uh, but I, 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 I don't know, I just enjoy myself more if I do it that way. I don't like, I don't like when I see a wave of people watching something on Facebook and then I'm supposed to watch it too because there's a wave of people watching it on, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that always bothers me. So I don't think it's, I don't think we have to watch all these movies, you know, as much as we think we do. Um, but this one was good. I was, I was, I, I, I really quite enjoyed it. And, uh, it really made me want to go and watch some, uh, like, I was like, okay, now I need to find another science fiction movie of this caliber to watch, which is a tall order. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So if anybody has suggestions, I'm sure we'd, we'd certainly like to hear, but, uh, I can probably come up with something, but I'll wait till after the podcast. So I don't know, any closing thoughts on the movie? We're, we've been going for like an hour and 20 minutes, which is, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a long uh, episode. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I mean, if, if someone's interested in seeing it, I would say go ahead and see it. And it's, it does have a lot going for it. I mean, I, I was, a lot of things I'm jaded about too, it's because I have read a lot of science fiction. Like I said, I can pick out points from like, oh, they took that from that book and that from that book and whatever. But don't so. you think science fiction, like one thing I've noticed about science fiction is I often like different kinds of science fiction movies than I do books because mm -hmm. I think of the visual and sort of auditory part of the experience. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I probably wouldn't be as into 2001 well, I, I liked the 2001 book, but I didn't like it as much as the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought the movie was a lot more entertaining. I've only read the short story that it was, you know, not the actual, not like the, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, it's just called 2001, I believe, the novel. No, there's a novel. No, no, well, the novel was written at the same time as the screenplay. Yeah. And, but there was a story it was based on called The Sentinel, which is a short story about finding this alien artifact on the moon. No, yeah, no, I've read that story too. But, okay. but that, but that okay. was that was like the genesis of it, and then yeah. the 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 actual novel is totally different from that story. Well, I'm saying, um, but the novel yeah. was made at the same time as the movie, yeah. I believe. So. Yeah, no, it was. They they were they were working together on it, like yeah. Um, 
and the novel is good. I don't want you know. I, I like the novel. It's just that the 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 novel is like decent Arthur C. Clarke, and the and the movie is like really high level Stanley Kubrick. Do you know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like they're different things. Um, and the book does something like in the book when you know the scene with with the monkeys begin in the beginning. Yeah. Um, those they all have names and. There's a little bit, you get some of the internal thoughts of what's going on in those, you know, there's, there's, those, those feel totally different in the book as a result. Um, there are a few other things that I think were key differences. It's been a long time since I've read it. Um, but I had like a really big Arthur C. Clarke phase of that, you know, so I just read everything and, um, yeah. and I think I might've actually read the book before I saw the movie, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would say. I recommend it to people. I don't think it's going to land with everybody. Like, obviously, it's a long movie. So I'd be reluctant to recommend this film to somebody who doesn't like science fiction movies, for example. Um, yeah. Or somebody who doesn't like movies that have a just a, a, a you know, a, a much more extended sort of lethargic way of telling a story. You know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't like Taken. Or you know any, you know a movie like that. So <laughs> no, you need you need to have some patience to watch yeah. this definitely. But if you like something like two thousand one, if if you're the kind of person who Listen, I would say this is a lot more accessible than two thousand one. Yeah, because two thousand one is a slow movie. Yeah, it is. I, yeah. I like it, but it's it's a hard to be in the right mood. This is easier to well, take. Well, what I was gonna say after that was if you if you're the kind of person who when you watch Aliens or when you watch Starship Troopers, if you really like the stuff that's go, like when they're on like base camp or when they're you know when they're when they're in boot camp, if those parts of the movie are your favorite parts, then you might like a movie like this too. Sure, you know sure. like. Um, so, so it's that kind of a film. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't have all the, you know, exciting actiony type thing. There is some of that, but it's not. It's mainly the the more interesting parts of this movie are when the people are talking inside the spaceship. Those are the parts yeah. that I liked more than some of the actiony scenes. So, so yeah. So, so anyways, uh, it's Interstellar. Uh, came out in two thousand fourteen. It's a Christopher Nolan movie, and. I don't think it's streaming anywhere unless you want to like rent it or buy it. Yeah, I rented it on Amazon, but it's not streaming. Yeah, I did the same thing. So uh, it's worth renting. I think it's worth renting if it's your kind yeah. of movie. So, so all right, we will we will get going and we will talk to you later.